Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Defense! Defense! All the hard work, let's go! College football today. Stage is set for huge top 25 battles later today. Welcome back to College Football Today, brought to you by BetDSI. Joe Lisi, Rich Sermonello, and Gabe Morenci going to be with you for the next two hours. We left off with, uh, with uh, LSU and Ole Miss. I think LSU wins this ball game. I think it's high scoring, though. I'm taking the over here. I see like 48 to 24 LSU gets the win. I mean, listen, Ole Miss's defense is horrific, so anybody could score on them. Four, I can't see LSU with 48, though. That seems That's like a, lot a of high points. number for me unless you're getting into, you know, defensive. 40 on them last year in Oxford. Darius Geis had a, yeah. had a big day. I mean, he had yeah. a lot I'd want more than 10 points here. As you guys mentioned, it was 13 and a half, 14 earlier in the week, or at yeah. least briefly. At 10, it's not enough for yeah. me to pull the trigger on Mississippi. Yeah. See, it's yeah. a contrast in styles as well. I could see LSU just running and running and yeah, running. Yeah, and, and that was a good point. Before the break, you mentioned the run offense yeah. with, uh, you know, with Nick Brissett and, and Clyde Hilaire. Yeah. I, I, I think they could jam it right yeah. down Ole Miss's throw. A lot of it's going to come down to Jordan Tamu and yeah. those receivers, who we've talked about a lot in the month yeah, of September. Yeah, and if they jump up early on Burrow, Burrow I think it'll be still... competitive. I think it'll be an SEC West game, yeah, rivalry see, game that's it's competitive. Interesting, though. Not, not, not something to Gabe's point. I liked it better at when we were making our picks. Right. It was around 12 and a half, 13, 10. Yeah, getting kind of low. I still like it here. We'll turn our attention to the Pac 12 battle, USC, coming off a, a very disappointing 39 to 36 win over Washington State. Did not cover that matchup. Goes on the road to face Kevin Sumlin and Khalil Tate in Tempe. This is a three point number here with USC as favorites. They've won the last five against Arizona by 13 points per game. But USC, 0-7, Rich, over the last seven games against this spread. But I'm back in USC here. I think they dominate this matchup. I think they have to, Joe, and I'm with you on this one. I, I like USC. I think just in terms of outclassing an opponent with their back against the wall, because even in that victory against Washington yeah. State did not look good. I mean, they offensively, JT Daniels came through, three touchdown passes. Defensively, not good. Offensive line's been an issue all year long. But Arizona at this point, they they have not Kevin Sumlin has not figured out Khalil Tate and how to maximize his talent. He's just not making anything on the ground. JJ Taylor, over two hundred yards, I think two eighty last yeah. week on the ground. Uh I think USC can stop Taylor. He's a 5'6", undersized kid. I think they stop him and, and win this game in Tucson. I think they have to. Yeah, Gabe, when you talk overs, I mean, you're talking about Arizona. They put up 447 rushing yards against Oregon State. This is a team that's averaging over 250 on the ground. And you look at USC, they struggled last week against Washington State, struggled in run support against Texas. I mean, they're only averaging as an offense as well, only 110 rushing yards per game. That's going to put a lot of pressure on JT Day. Daniels. And more importantly, you look at USC's defense against a mobile quarterback in Armani Edwards week one. How do you break this game down? Well, you know, if you told me right now, if I asked you, all right, both teams have played four games. Which one of these teams is three and one of the over and which one of them is three and one of the under? 
You'd figure, oh, you know, Arizona, Wild, Tate, high-scoring, soft defense. No, they're one and three to the under. As you mentioned, USC's defense, they just couldn't get a stop last week. I'm not going to say it was a disappointing win. I think it was a life-saving win almost uh, for Clay Helton. Clay Helton, is he on the hot seat? I would imagine that he would be. It's hard to get into the mind of what Lynn Swan's thinking. But I'll tell you my own personal opinion. Clay Helton is not the coach moving forward for the USC Trojans. This, you know, Tate, both these teams have been such disappointments. How the hell does Tate only have 31 rushing yards this year? Uh, you know, everyone thought Kevin Sumlin, he won a Heisman, won a Heisman for Johnny Mansell. He's going to know exactly how to get Tate going. And I don't know if it's Sumlin telling this kid stay in the pocket and throw the football or it's other teams. And other teams are taking away the, the outside and they're keeping him in the pocket and he's having a hard time there. You know, USC guys in the last 40 road games, you know how many times they've covered the number? 11. 11. They're burning more paper than Snoop Dogg and Willie Nelson combined. <laughs> all right? It's a lot of leaves, man. A lot of trees getting cut down, all that money and, uh, and rolling papers that are getting burnt. But uh, to me, USC win this football game. It's a talent gap. There's just, yeah, there's a couple of blue chippers on, on Arizona, but USC are just stacked. I got to believe in the talent. I don't think much of Clay Helton, to be honest with you, uh, but this Arizona team, and Rich said it, they, they just can't get Tate on track uh, here. USC need to win this football game. Otherwise, Helton really will be looking for a new job soon. Yeah, here's uh, the matchup that I look. USC only averaging 110 rushing yards per game, but Arizona giving up 195 yep. yards to opposing offenses. It's still Stephen Carr. It's still that offense. You're still going to ride Stephen Carr. I, I think, I think he's got 21 yards rushing this no, year. He broke the touchdown against Texas. He looked good. They just don't utilize him the way he's, they he's did not healthy. Year. He's, he's he, not healthy. He must, he must not be healthy. Somebody's going to run the ball because that Arizona defense is struggling. It is. Badly. And, so and that's, USC. USC. Yeah, but you know what, though? To the talent gap point that we've brought up and Gabe mentioned it too, that to me, you're struggling defensively, but you have Marvell Tell yeah, and Cameron right. Smith and Porter Gustin. Arizona struggling defensively. You have a lot of no name, two star underclassmen. That to me is the difference. The other difference here, and the reason why I like USC so much is as the season progresses, especially against weaker opponents, this JT Daniels kid is getting yes. better and better and better. And Amon Ross St. Brown, the wide receiver, John Brown's right. kid, right? Equinemius' brother. Last week. I'm glad oh, you brought that, that up. That kid is so, so talented. He, too. He's ready. He is college ready. Daniels as well. You can tell the kid's the real deal. There's he's be starting some to turn pain. the corner, Gabe. Think, think about it, Rich. Think about the kid's start of the career. All right. UNLV, that was no cupcake. You know, it was. You get out there, it's like, whoa, these guys are pretty good. Okay, you did enough. You win a football game. Then you're thrown into it. All right, kid. Second game out of Matter Day. Yeah, you're going up there to uh, to the Bay Area. You're getting Stanford. Boom. We're going to Texas next week. Right. Going to be some lumps and some growing pains. That next year, this kid Daniel is going to be fire. He's going to be fire. You can tell the moxie, Rich. You can tell the confidence that he has. And you talk about those passes and catches. Great catches. Pinpoint accuracy. You know, edge of the the uh, you know right on the sidelines or into the end zone. You know, USC ultimately just too much talent to, to lose this game, in my opinion, tonight. Yeah, I'm with you. And if you're going to gamble this game or bet on it, I mean, USC's a three-point favorite. You can't get any lower than a pick em for that. So at three points, I'll take the team that was 9-1 last year against Pac-12 competition and won those games by 13.7 points per game. I'm all in with JT Daniels and the crew later tonight. I think they pick up a 17-point win. And I, I, would be saying, I would be saying, oh, I want to get in on the over. I want to get in on the over as well. But Arizona's offense has been kind of flaky yeah. 
We don't, we don't know what we're going to get from them, but it should be a high-scoring track. Yeah, we'll see. We'll turn our attention to a Big Ten battle. Your Michigan Wolverines on the road in Evanston to face Clayton Thorson and Northwestern. Line opened up around 11. It jumped up to around 14 and a half after starting running back Jeremy Larkin. He retired from football due to neck issues that might put a lot of pressure on that offensive line to open up holes, but I still like Northwestern here. Michigan wins, but Northwestern plays this game a lot closer than people think. I tend to agree. Michigan wins. Michigan's beginning to roll, which is good for the Wolverines, good for the Big Ten, good for Gabe, yeah. good for everybody at this point. So, you know, Michigan's starting to play well, and they're gaining confidence. Shea Patterson, been a little bit more deliberate with his yeah. throws and his decisions. The defense is the difference here. Northwestern struggling offensively. Larkin is a loss, not a huge loss. Yeah. It's not as if he had really gained any traction as the as the star, as the heir to Justin Jackson. Clayton Thorson's just not healthy, and he's not 100%. I mean, we knew that in the offseason. We worried about it in the offseason, and now it's showing. So Northwestern struggling. I think it's too many points. When I looked at this at the beginning of the week, I, I mentioned before, my first thing I do on Sundays, I look at a matchup, I put my line down. I thought this would be about 10 points. 14 seems a little rich to go into Evanston. Michigan has not been a great road team. Is that correct, Gabe? No, you're exactly right. And Michigan had never been a great favorite, to be honest with you. Now, for the record, they're 4-9 against the spread on the road, uh, laying 13 or more points in conference play. So it's, it's generally not a spot you want to be in. I think there's a little bit of an overreaction because they just tattooed Nebraska as much as they did. But let's be real. And I want to take, and I'm a Michigan guy, but I don't, you know, I don't bet with my heart here. And I like Northwestern because of the situation, because of the spot. But quite frankly, Northwestern just aren't that good this year, guys. And I'm disappointed in, in the entire team. I'm disappointed in the defense. I'm disappointed in the offense. I'm disappointed in Thorson. We're just we're not seeing what we thought we were going to see. And I praised uh, I, I praised the coaching. I praised Fitz so much coming into this year. And then sort of getting pushed around by Duke. It's a little bit of a problem. A little. I'm, I'm getting cold feet about this game, but I already told the guys in graphics it's a best bet, so there's no turning back. <laughs> well, here's the thing, too. I mean, Northwestern started slow. Northwestern there's started a warning, slow. though. <laughs> they started slow last year at 2-3 and three and then did reel yeah. off eight yeah. straight games. Now, offensive line was a concern last year. They gelled as the season went on. They lost to Duke last year, and after that loss to Duke and then Penn State at home, they just turned it on. They're still only giving up 128 rushing yards to opposing offenses. If they could force Patterson into long third down situations, this still isn't, I mean, we saw Michigan dominate Nebraska last week, but this still isn't a high-octane uh, Michigan offense. I mean, if they're forced to play catch-up, that could be the recipe for Northwestern to get this victory. Yeah, the reason why I like Northwestern, too, is that this is one of those, I don't want to overstate the importance of a bye, but after Northwestern absolutely collapsed yeah. against Akron in the second half, this team needed to hit the pause button. And Fitz is a good coach. I like him, too, and I've talked him up a lot. I think legitimately he's done a great job, better than any of us would expect at yep. Northwestern. I think this bye helps Northwestern. I, I think they have a chance to get the new running back in there to replace Jeremy Larkin, sort of regroup, catch their breath. You bring up a really good point about the way they bounced back last year. I think we could see a mini revival. Maybe this team gets the six yeah, and six. And we've seen Michigan struggle on the road in these spots and, and at least find themselves in dogfights. I mean, the last time they were here was a one-point game, actually. Two years ago, right? Yeah, 10-9. <laughs> and I guess it was four years ago. It was 38-31. It's a lot of points. 
as you stated, we're going to find out how much pride Northwestern has. Good yeah. point that you raised, Rich, as far as the bye week, uh, helping them regroup a little bit. Because like, that, was, that was a tough run they went on for a couple of weeks. Would you take – I like the under here. I, I can't back the over in this matchup in any capacity. I mean, I, I think Northwestern What's needs to run. What's the number, run. Joe? You know? I think the total was in the 50s, wasn't it? It's 46 and a half right now. My problem is if Akron's dropping 39 on you. Those yeah, were, those were two got- defensive scores, though. Not the, you know – Two, Alvin Davis had a couple of pick sixes yeah. in that game. You so. look at Duke, who was twenty-one-seven that game, a very yeah. lower-scoring game. I, you know, I would imagine if, you, look, if you like Northwestern, you'd better be a low-scoring game. Like if you, you know, you're not getting in a shootout track no. with this Michigan offense right now. The way Patterson's zinging it around, if if Northwestern covers a number, it's a twenty-seven. 27-20 still gets yeah. you there, right? Yeah. 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 We'll it's see. a lot of points it's hard, on man. the road to give up if you're Michigan. I think it's a lot of points to give up. It's Four- a conference game. So 14? Or, or, 14 and a hook? It's yeah, 14 yeah. and a half. So you win 38-20 if it's high scoring. The problem with this game, guys, Northwestern have been so erratic. They look good. They look good earlier in the year. What was the game Purdue. against Purdue? Purdue, yeah. Defense looked good against Purdue. That was week one. A nice, though. solid win. I know. You're right. But And after that, they score the first touchdown against Duke. I remember leaving here 7 nothing. I was like, yeah. I got to the FanDuel Sportsbook. It was 21-7. He never scored again yeah. uh, after the fact. And then the Akron game, there's, there's no rhythm or, or anything with this, with this team so far. It's hard to get a read on Northwestern. Yeah, they're going to have to start fast in this matchup. Again, uh, Clayton Thorson, three touchdowns, three interceptions, only around 753 passing yards. So we'll see how that game plays out. It is a 3-30 kick. We'll turn our attention to the Big 12 battle. It's Will Greer. It's on the road against Texas Tech. They got this victory last year by 12 points over the Red Raiders in Morgantown. They now open up as four-point favorites, now down to around three and a half. I'm still back in uh, West Virginia here. I think they have the better defense, and I think they get a 13-point win on the road in Lubbock. Yeah, I don't know about the point total, but I, I would take West Virginia as well. This is the way I look at it. Um, I think you have the more reliable quarterback. more re- in, in a game that will be dictated by quarterbacks and passing games, as, as impressed as I've been with Alan Bowman, the true freshman from Texas Tech, this is Will Greer and David Sills and Marcus Sims and, and Gary Jennings. So I, I think that's just the more reliable passing game, number one. And with all due respect to Jamie, I, you know, he knocked the West Virginia defense this is, I, I get it. You know, this isn't, you're not playing Youngstown State again. I understand that. But when I watch West Virginia, they're just more physical at the line of scrimmage. Kenny Bigelow, a kid who came in from USC, former five-star recruit, was never healthy with the Trojans. He has been a difference maker up front. So West Virginia, a little more physical than we've been used to in the Dana Holgerson era. Yeah, they're only giving up in West Virginia 185 passing yards per game. They force defenses to methodically work down the field, and they're holding opposing offenses as well. Gave to only 118 yards on the ground. That's why I like West Virginia. And again, senior versus a freshman quarterback. If the, if the game's on the line, I'm taking Will Greer uh, in this matchup. Yeah, Bowman's been unbelievable. Over 1,000 yards, seven touchdowns in the last two weeks. I'm going to disagree with you guys. I'm going to have to go with the hot as a pistol, Jamie Heath, uh, <laughs> on this one. And Morenci's pretty hot as well, just for the record, all right? Uh, Hero, you're, you are perpetually hot as a pistol. That's a given. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's a given. Consistently. <laughs> Just call me Desert Swarm. Um, I'm going to take the home dog in this football game. As we stated, since that opener uh, against Mississippi, Texas Tech have been playing great football. They're a confident football team. 
I think um, I think it's going to be a tough place to play here. And I'm just not buying in uh, to West Virginia laying points on the road. It should be a track meet. I would go with the over here as well. But I'm going to take the live home dog in this spot. I got to give credit. We talked about uh, Texas Tech actually leading all um, FBS teams. Uh, in time of possession. We talk about Texas Tech shaving off 100 yards a game uh, from their defensive uh, numbers. I like what Bowman is doing here. I like the fact it's an early game as well. Texas Tech has sort of stumbled in these, as the day builds and it gets like, not everyone can play like Penn State or Ohio State at night. You know, the pressure builds throughout the day and it's just, it's dark out, and it's prime time. <laughs> I like these early games, actually. I think it takes a little pressure off the home team. 2003. Texas Tech and NC State, okay, was a wild game. Go back and look at the tape. I was working for ABC in Lubbock. Okay, Phillip Rivers and T.A. McClendon on the road to face Ricky Williams and Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah, Texas Tech jumped jumped up to a a 17-point lead. They were up by like 28 before NC State came back. It was a wild, wild game that NC State won in triple overtime and I, of course, I picked the Red Raiders in that matchup. They lost by. So you're 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 looking for that type of a game. It, 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 would, it would not surprise it would me. Not last I year, I once lost fifteen thousand dollars betting on <laughs> Texas Tech against Oklahoma on one of these Saturday night games. I think it was in the Crabtree era. Didn't go well. And Lubbock is Lubbock is a crazy place for yep. these games. It's almost like it the carrier. I love going, that mascot. Now that's a mascot. A game. Yeah. You're never out of a game in Lubbock. So re- remember that as we navigate through Big 12. All play. those drunk we're, engineers. We're just getting started. When we come back, we'll be picking up the other top 25 games. Keep it where it is. Joe Lisi, Ritz Sermonello, and Gabe Morenci live from Studio 34. Like a great pass rusher, the Roto Experts will help you sack your fantasy football competition. When you register for their exclusive Edge Fantasy Package, you get a cheat sheet generator plus a player database with sortable projections and rankings from the best in the business. And you can join the fantasy conversation in the 24-7 Slack chat channel. Visit rotoexperts.com to register for the exclusive Edge Fantasy Package and enter the promo code FNTSY and you get a 10% discount. That's the rotoexperts.com exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package promo code FNTSY. Back on College Football Today, brought to you by BetDSI. Fantasy Factor is the only DFS site with exclusively single-entry contests. It's a fun and recreational place to play with smaller leagues and flatter prize pools. They have great free promos like Survivor, Super Bowl Squares, and March Madness Bracket Contest. Sign up today. Go to FantasyFactor.com. That's FantasyFactor.com. Great little matchup a little bit later today in Seattle. It's BYU and Tanner Mangum on the road to face <laughs> to face Washington and Jake Browning. Washington's 17-point favorites in this matchup. They got a very lackluster seven-point win over Arizona State and Herm Edwards last week. But I'm going back to the well. I'm back in Washington in this matchup. I think they have the better defense, Rich, to uh, contain the BYU offense. They do, and and it doesn't take much to contain the BYU offense. I, I miss the old days of yeah. BYU football. BYU passing attacks doesn't exist these days with Tanner Magnum. But much like last week, I think it's a similar situation. Washington is doing nothing easy this year. I mean, they're a great football team. 
maybe the best in the Pac-12. Defense is outstanding, and they'll contain BYU, but offensively, they've been so stale. BYU only giving up 17 points per game, so Washington wins. I think it'll be low scoring. That's a lot of points. I got to take BYU. BYU have been one of the better bets in flying under the radar. It's hard to get a read for BYU. They're not a flashy team, but let's be real. Opening win, Arizona. Nobody expected them to win that game. Hell, they go into Madison and win a game. Uh, the, 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 the Cal game, close game uh, there. They've actually battled 3-1 and one against the spread. And my issue, and Washington are a good football team, but they don't really lay these 56-7 beatdowns on you. Not any longer. And they're only averaging 27 points a game. So I got to lay 17 and a half with a team that can, can't even get to 30? That's yeah. my issue on this game. Yep. I got to lean BYU here. It's, it's a leap of faith. Of Mormonism, faith. Yes, uh, it's a leap of Mormonism, <laughs> but uh, you know you got to do what you got to do. Here's the thing, though, in this matchup. I mean, when is Jake Browning going to show up? I mean, he's completed sixty percent of his passes, nine hundred and sixty-six yards. That's not a dominant effort. He no. hasn't wowed me, and he's turned decent the football. game last week. Three touchdowns, only two hundred and two yards. Yeah. I know. I know. No, he's he's turned into a dinker and a dunker. Where where yeah. is the player that we you saw? Know what reminds me of remember Logan Thomas with uh, with Virginia Tech. Yeah, yeah. In his first year, people are like, "Man, he's the next Cam Newton. He's going to be the top pick in the draft." But the end of his college career, like horrible. Yeah, it's, it's you know some, who reminds me of too? sort of regress and Browning. Remember, he's a freshman. Wow, this kid's an elite quarterback. Sort of regressed or hasn't gotten better. You know what trajectory, Gabe, that it reminds me of? It reminds me of JT Barrett. JT Barrett, year one, yeah, was yeah. fifth in the Heisman vote. You're right. And then as it went on, you were like, hey, do we have a replacement for this kid? We, do we have somebody better than JT Barrett at Ohio State? They don't have anybody better than Jake Browning. He's fine, but he's not great. He's a different quarterback, though, than JT Barry. He, 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 he well, I'm, not, I'm not saying they're the same quarterback. I'm saying their career trajectories have been right. similar. They yeah, started right. off you on fire. how well Washington's defense has played and their skill positions, I, I, I'm not throwing Browning under the bus here, but if you can give him a little bit more, they can, makes, be, they can be a real national BYU contender. BYU is a good real. defense. Listen, I, I'm glad you brought up Wisconsin and Arizona because both of those games were on the road. So yes. BYU is not going to be afraid this of traveling the, to Seattle. men helps. And yes. I talk about this. We were talking about angles, and you guys were asking Jamie questions. How do you approach this? How do you approach that? Whether it's college basketball or college football, guys, age counts. We're talking about men versus kids. Uh, the fact of the matter is, guys, half the BYU Cougar team are older than like 60% of the NFL. <laughs> like, like Mangum is older than like 10 NFL quarterbacks, actually. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's like literally and figuratively. That's astonishing. Literally and figuratively. Like they're older, they're mature. Yes. So these road trips aren't the same. You don't have to worry about the BYU kids they've stealing sunglasses or getting drunk tonight, you know? They, they, they've had Mormon missions in Peru and Argentina. So going to Seattle is not going to phase them. Yeah. Washington only given up 154 passing yards to opposing offenses. So you would think the under comes in here. Yeah. Back-to-back unders for Washington against Utah and the Arizona State. They started fast in that ballgame. The under and over was right around the it's area. so low, 46 and a half. It's hard to pull the trigger. I can't I take I the under here. I would take the over in this matchup. If, if Washington, let's say, Washington doesn't cover and they put up 28. I mean, I could see BYU getting 21. You know what the score is sort of 30-17? I would still take Washington. Would that surprise you guys? 30-17? No. This could could be the game, though, that Washington breaks out. I mean, again, I would still... I don't think they do offensively. I think they are who they are. I don't see them getting more than 30 points. I don't think they're an elite team. I'll tell you that. I don't think... No, I agree. I I agree. I I mean, secondary... Defensively, they're elite. 
But from the secondary yeah. perspective, I'm not sold on that front seven. Being well, elite. Greg Gaines on the interior is an outstanding run stopper. Ben Burke-Curvin last week, two, uh, 20 tackles, yes. couple tackles for loss. Uh, Has Peterson fumble. complained about the start time? He often does. Yeah, he doesn't like yeah. the early games. He doesn't like the late. Oh, yeah. we're playing early on the East Coast. Oh, we're a late game on ESPN. So you got a problem now, coach? You're at eight thirty at night. Like the guy's never happy. Yeah, he's never happy. I like usually he usually you play the refs. This guy's playing the TV. No, no, he plays the networks. I mean, Herb Street actually called him out and said, "Hey, coach, here are the ratings when you play at three thirty in the afternoon. Here are the ratings. So you want to recruit or what? Like these coaches just complain for the sake of complaining now. Yeah, we'll see. I mean that that game is at uh, I think it's a nine thirty. Eight thirty. It's uh, Fox. Fox You got Michigan Northwestern leading in. Is that Gus on that game? Do we get Gus Johnson in that game? Gus Johnson's going to be on the. uh, No, Gus. That's a good question. No, no, I think is it Gus will get. No, Gus will get Michigan Michigan Northwestern. I would imagine. Is that a Fox game? Yeah. yeah, Okay. Yeah, it is. I, I, all right. If, I'll we're go over sure. to awful Wait, announcing. Think, they yeah, probably go, have go, the pair. Sure, check that. because That I, is a Fox oh. game at 430. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. we'll see uh, who's on that call. But let's turn our attention to the SEC game between Kentucky and South Carolina. I was very impressed with the way South Carolina bounced back and got that road win over a gutty Vanderbilt team. Now they face a hot team in Kentucky. I break this game down. I think the better quarterback here is Jake Bentley. Terry Wilson playing very well. Benny Snell, one of the most underrated running backs in the country. Yes, sir. Possible Heisman contender, yes. guys. But I'm back in Will Muschamp. Physical, Joe. The physicality of Kentucky's lines have been yes. impressive. Like, they, they're smashing people in the trenches, this team. They're only giving up, Rich, 106 rushing yards per game, like Gabe mentioned Last year, it was 178 for Kentucky. Two years ago, 232. So they're holding opposing offenses in check in terms of run support and forcing third down long situations. But I still like South Carolina's speed in this matchup. It's a toss-up game. It's a great game that we didn't see coming. I mean, with SEC East football, there weren't a lot of key matchups. You know, maybe a cocktail party. Very good this year. I didn't see this coming either. Missouri's up and coming. Oh yeah, oh yeah, big time. You got Missouri. Yeah, I, I mean, listen, South Carolina, Kentucky is an outstanding matchup. Kentucky defensively, look what they did against Mississippi State last week, 28-7, to did not see that coming. I mean, that was a dominant performance. It's defense, it's the running game of Benny Snell, just enough from Terry Wilson offensively. I, I think Kentucky continues to roll, but would not be the least bit shocked if South Carolina wins. Listen to these numbers. South Carolina, seven straight wins against the spread as a road dog. Kentucky as a home favorite, eight consecutive losses. So the trends are pointing towards yes, South Carolina. This is where the line movement, this is why I'm sitting in the perch. This is the gambler's perch up here. Yeah, the gambler's perch. Like South that. Carolina now favorites. Ah, They've been favored as South of Carolina. last night, though. No, no, no. It's yeah, but it's bounced all week. It, it yeah. was South Carolina open, and so about Kentucky a point? were minus one and a half. One point, Joe. maybe? Now we'll get to the latest one. It's one and a half, I believe. Let me hit refresh okay. once again here. Guys, you know, people talk. Stoops is doing a hell of a job here. We talk about the physicality in the lines. They have a distinct home field advantage going right now. The confidence after beating Florida uh, for the first time in 31 years. People worried about a letdown this week. I don't see a letdown. They didn't have a letdown after you beat the Florida Gators for the first time in 31 years. Um, I, you know, To me, last week, getting the points was just a gift. I wish we could do it all over again uh, with Kentucky. And I'm going to go back to the well with the Wildcats here one more time. We talked about teams not getting into a rhythm, guys. Look, the Marshall game was canceled, right, against the Gamecocks. They, you know, they haven't really gotten into a flow yet this year. And... 
I'm not the biggest Will Muscamp fan. I'm going to go Team Stoops on this one. Give me Kentucky and, and that physical. Uh, give me Team Snell. Snell's like another Kentucky winner to me. Yeah, I'm taking South Carolina. They're averaging 279 passing yards per game. I look for Bentley to break out. I think they get a 13 to 17 point win in this ball game a little bit later today. We'll turn our attention to a, another SEC game. It's between te- Tennessee and Georgia. Georgia picked up this win last year in dominating fashion, 41 to nothing. Tennessee got blown out at home against Florida. They now have to go on the road as 31-and-a-half-point underdogs. Playing better defensively under Jeremy Pruitt. It's a tall order. You saw Georgia get the win over Missouri. Did not cover. I like Tennessee here to keep this game close, but Georgia does get the win in Athens. Yeah, Georgia pushes last week. That was 14. Uh, they, uh, they pushed on your screen. They were 14 No, when, and we, half, put, when we put the sheet yeah. out <laughs> in Vegas, it when was we put the sheet and out and made our picks, it was he, he, 14. He that was a push. Was there a domestic, Joe, Joe decides to choose. Here last week when I wasn't here. Joe decides to choose in the Vegas line. In Vegas and, and in the sports book. Let the, the, let the record show, folks, that when we when we put our 15 and a hook. Which is not the way we base it. We base it on when we put our picks. In. So that was a push. It was 14, just okay. so folks know that between George and Missouri. Joe dead, Joe dead wrong wager. again. I, I think this will look. Too. I bet it. I ended up with the push. I wanted the 14 exactly. and a half, but when I clicked, I ended up getting it was the push. 14. Right. Exactly. So Unless you went to the last window. year, 41 to nothing. I think it'll be a similar game this year. I can't see Tennessee mustering up the offense to score points on Georgia. Georgia, I thought. Showed some weakness last week. I think Kirby Smart coached them hard this week because they were kind of a little bit up and down against Missouri. I think they paced Tennessee. I can't see What's Tennessee. Paced? Put a number on it. Yeah, I, I think it'll look. I think it'll look. It's 31 and a half. Yeah, I'll say it's 41 to 6. 41 Georgia. to 6. I'll take the 31 and a hook, and I'll take Tennessee in the I'm matchup. saying Georgia covers. You think normally I don't want to lay numbers like this? Yeah, I'm saying 48-14. 48-14. 34-point win. Squeezes over the number. I like the over here. But can Tennessee score? Can Tennessee? I don't like Garantano, but I think they have to I run the football. I don't like him either. I don't know why he's starting exactly. But how many? You're a Georgia guy. Listen, Georgia's going to get. Tennessee's playing better defense, but I imagine Georgia gets to at least 41, right? At least 41. 45, maybe 48. Uh, I don't know that much. I, keep in mind, let's keep in mind the Jeremy Pruitt factor. He coached there a few years ago, but more importantly, coached against them in the national championship game for Alabama. He was the defensive coordinator. Gators put 47 up on him. Yeah, but there are a lot of turnovers in that in that ball game for Florida. They converted. West Virginia put forty on them. West Virginia is an elite offense, though. I mean, I know there's a know, lot you're making. You're, you're coming back at me here. You're real. Oh, you're real. You're I, like a good defender in court I, here. I, I am. <laughs> I should. I I would just. I would only back Tennessee with the points. I mean, total wise, they could get blown out in this matchup. Wouldn't shock me. Again, I think they're going to have to run the football to keep this game close. Keep Jake Fromm. Keep those running backs on the sidelines. Again, I, I, I could see this ball game 28-17, Georgia gets a win. No, that's wow, not that, happening. Come on. If, if it's 28-17, then so, there's panic time nah, in Athens right happening. now. Yeah, Why they're not going to be happy. Time? You're going to get a, a close game every now and then. It not happens. against this Tennessee blow team. out everybody. This is a bad Tennessee team. I mean, they, they, they don't, game. they're young. They just don't have the tie. I think Georgia, again, I think Georgia was iffy last week, inconsistent against Missouri. I, I think they come out. Firing on all cylinders, Holyfield out of the backfield, Swift out of the backfield. I think they roll with these. All right, we've got a ton of guys in the chat. We appreciate everybody uh, tuning in. They've been tuning in uh, all morning here. Uh, we got our boy James Ross, Bobby, 
uh, regular uh, viewer of the network. What up, Bobby in Vermont, Degenerate Dean and crew? So a couple of games, guys. James Ross wants to uh, ask about uh, Virginia Tech and Duke. Mm. A lot Virginia of people really, Tech yeah, you like, you like Vod Tech a lot I'll tell you there. this. Here's the way I break down Vod Tech and Duke now. Daniel Jones, I've heard he might start for, for uh, Duke in this ballgame. You're talking about a team in Virginia Tech that got this victory last year. They won this ballgame by 21 points. But more importantly, this was a defense last week under Bud Foster that allowed 636 Port. total yards to Old Dominion, the most in 26 years years for a Virginia Tech defense. They're still only giving up 88 rushing yards per game. Duke center might be out of that matchup. That might play into this ball game. And when you look at Willis overall, he impressed me in limited time. I think he can move the football. I like Virginia Tech as a live dog later today. I like Duke. I mean, I, I've been impressed by the Duke defense. I think the worst thing for the Blue Devils would be if Daniel Jones plays, quite frankly, because be. Quentin Harris is starting to find a little rhythm. Let's give Daniel Jones a little more time to heal that collarbone, get to be 100%. He could be rusty against Virginia Tech. I'll take the different approach. Yeah, they might be embarrassed and Bud Foster's pissed off at how badly they played defensively, but there's a reason for that. Maybe they're overrated. Maybe that win over Florida State in Week 1, not so impressive because Florida State is awful. So I don't think Virginia Tech necessarily bounced back that quickly. Ryan Willis is a cast off from Kansas. Couldn't win the Kansas starting job. So that's going to be a loss not having Josh Jackson on offense. Duke is headed in the right direction. I think they continue. I'd like to be getting more uh, than I was in this that's game. Why, that's tricky. why I like Vatek. It's less than a touchdown. Yeah. They got they lost. I lean Tech to too in a bounce back spot. Joe. I like them here, but I've lost money betting against uh, Duke. And what else do we got? We got. Uh, Pitt and Central Florida. Love mm. Pittsburgh. This is the type of game that Pittsburgh shows up for. Back-to-back -back years, you look at Clemson two years ago as a 19.5-point underdog. They won that ball game outright. They were a 13.5, 14-point underdog at home to Miami. Won that matchup. UCF dominated Auburn. Everybody remembers that. Pittsburgh has not looked good in back-to-back -back weeks against North Carolina. Penn State a few weeks ago. But this is the type of game Pittsburgh plays well in. Mackenzie Milton, great quarterback, but I look for Pitt to run the football with uh, Olison, and I think P Kenny Pickett moves the football against UCF's defense. They're in this ball game from start to finish. Don't know if they get the outright win, but I see uh, Pitt being a, a live dog at plus thirteen, plus thirteen and a half in the spot. My matchup. concern for UCF is defensively. Did not look good in the Florida Atlantic win. I thought they were very soft, missing players like Shaquem Griffin. But you know, UCF has been waiting for a while for an opportunity to play a Power Five team. This is well, a they played one in uh, the bowl game. Well, I'm talking about regular season. Uh, yeah, regular season. So. Yeah, uh, you, this this matters to UCF. I think they're going to take out a lot of frustration on Pittsburgh. And if there's an opportunity to embarrass the Panthers, they'll do it in the second half. I go over the number here. What's the total? It's uh, 64 and a half right I, now. I, I, I think the, the over can, I mean, again. Are Pitt going to, as you just mentioned, are Pitt going to stop UCF? No. Pitt doesn't traditionally play overs. I mean, with Peterman they did, but lately with Pickett, they can't move the football. They're going to have to run it. But we'll see. I mean, first couple You're of You're right. They're not. Their offense has been good, but their defense has been getting gouged. Their defense getting gouged. You know, Penn State, points, North Carolina. Heels, 51 yeah. to Penn State. You know, they're giving up a lot of points. I, I, I would not be shocked if UCF goes over 50 in this game. I, 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 I think Josh right? Heupel is going to keep his foot on the gas as they're long as in possible. In the mid 40s, yeah. low 50s, yeah. 
Uh, and then I, it gets over the number. I would take the over. I would take Pittsburgh in this ball game. I think we're looking at one of these, you know, 51, 37, 51. Yeah, you know, could be. 48, 34. I am worried about the UCF defense, which does play into the over conversation. I, I would even take Pittsburgh on the money line in this matchup. What, what are they, plus 380? Oh, it'll be more than that. Let's see if we get you a uh, – you and your plus money line bold. I, I, I think this is the type of game that Pittsburgh – nobody's expecting Pittsburgh to step up. They've been down. I mean, they, they struggle against North Carolina. I know. I was high on Pittsburgh coming into the year, guys. Yeah, I expected more North Doozy, too. I mean, from a defense, a coach, the way they are playing defense, it's unbelievable. Two years ago, second worst passing defense. I think he's country. out at the end of the year. At, at a minimum, they expected them to look like the, the, the Michigan State team, play some they blue collar defense. They have Rich. Yeah, if they don't go bowling, they're in trouble. Yeah, yeah we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. We're just getting started. Keep it where it is. Joe Lisi, Richard Sermonello, and Gabe Morenci live from Studio 34. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your Daily Roto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Back on College Football Today, brought to you by BetDSI, Joe Lisi, Rich Sermonello, Dave Morenci, breaking down all the top 25 action. We were talking about Georgia and Tennessee. We'll keep it in the SEC between Mississippi State and Florida. Game opened up. Mississippi State is seven-point favorites, now up to around seven and a half, eight. Dan Mullen comes back to Starkville, guys. Florida coming off a very impressive win over Tennessee in Knoxville. I was very impressed with the way they played on both sides of the ball, but now going to Starkville, I think it's the physicality of def- of the defense of the Bulldogs, Rich, only giving up 128 rushing yards per game. I like Nicky Fitz in this spot. I think they get a 14-point win over the Gators. Joe, I, I kind of like Florida in this game. I, I think you want to talk money lines. This is a possibility where Florida could win this game outright. Yeah, Dan Mullen recruited a lot of these kids, knows this personnel. I've been impressed with Florida the last two weeks, albeit against weaker competition, Colorado State and Tennessee, but defensively very solid. Mississippi State, I may have overrated them in the offseason because watching them against Kentucky, not impressed last week. Uh, Defensively, couldn't stop the run, haven't stopped the run much this year. Offensively, they struggled. So I think this is a close game through all four quarters. Getting more than a touchdown, I'll take Florida. Yeah, when you look at this matchup game, I mean, total-wise, I mean, it's, it's tricky because Florida has the, the ability to play lower-scoring games. And when you look at Mississippi State as well, they have the better quarterback, in my opinion, but again, not an elite wide receiver core. So if they fall behind like they did against Kentucky, can they pass to win a ball game? I look at this football game, and Rich just brought it up, and um, you know, I was going to go down the same avenue. Listen, I'm a big Dan Mullen fan. 
And props to Dan Mullen for not leaving uh, Starkville. He had opportunities to go other places. He was patiently waiting for this Florida Gator job. Uh, for people unaware, Dan Mullen uh, was the offensive coordinator in the Tim Tebow heyday alongside uh, Urban Meyer. And, uh, you know, Mullen's one of the good guys, actually, that, that came out of Urban Meyer's uh, crew. There had never been any, any, any major controversy around Mullen at all. He knows the program inside out. He knows the weakness of every player, guys. He knows, all right, this linebacker has a hard time tackling to his left. He knows that this DB has a hard time on, on fade patterns, etc. To me, that's just immense. Uh, Moorhead doesn't have the same knowledge about the Florida Gator roster as Mullen does. That's an advantage. And I think Mullen is an elite coach. I think, you know, he's a tier two guy. He hasn't, you know, he's not that Dabo. He's not in that Saban and Urban category. But to me, he's big time tier two coach that goes in here, not only covers the number, wins the game outright. And I also think Mississippi State, we see college kids, it's very, very momentum, man. It's like an avalanche. Once the snow starts, you know, snowballing, it gets bigger. I'm not so sure Mississippi State can just shake that one off from last week, guys. You know, they got punched in the mouth, but they got punched in the mouth. The second half of that match. Yeah, and I thought they were a little overrated, quite frankly, coming into the year as well. They, it's like Mississippi State were elevated to, like, Auburn status or something. They're not quite there yet, guys. Give me the Florida Gators plus the points, and I think Florida could win this game all right. Both defenses, 16 points per game for Florida, 13 points for Mississippi State. I, again, I can't back the, a high-scoring game. I see Mississippi State getting like a, a twenty-seven to thirteen win over over Florida in this ball game. It's possible. I don't think it's high scoring. Yeah, I, I think it, as it's always been the case with Florida, our big concern is going to be what quarterback, right? So, what do you get from Felipe Franks? I think you'll see a heavy dose, Joe, of running game. Uh, Damian Pierce, uh, Scarlett. I, I think you'll see the backs really attack Mississippi State, which was weak against the run last week. Benny Snell just dominated with four touchdowns. So Florida's going to have to win on the ground. If it's third and long, you bring up third and long a lot. If it's third and long, that's going to be a big issue for Le- for Felipe Franks. He's got a lot of raw talent, but Dan Mullen hasn't gotten him to that point where he's truly a winning, complete quarterback. More pressure on which coach? Joe Moorhead to knock off Dan Mullen or Dan Mullen to come back with a Florida team? That I, got I think it's Moorhead, in my opinion, based on what happened in, in last weekend. I, I think he can't lose back-to-back games. To lose at Kentucky the way team. he did... With this team, because I listen, I was on Mississippi State. That was one of the teams yeah. I loved in the offseason. I really thought they would have been Auburn this year. I thought they would have been the they second best team in the SEC. They could, they, sure. They, they, they have the talent, yeah. for sure. You you taking the over here, Gabe? Um, yeah, I'd look at the over here. You would. All right. I, I don't know if I feel strong about that total heading into this matchup. I'll I think a, it'll be a wild scene. I think the fact that Mullen's back in Starkville, that alone is a storyline that's, yeah, that's worth watching. traditionally very hard. I mean, Alabama struggled there last year, got a seven-point win. Uh, they had a they had a, a deep pass from Hurts. So cowbells. Ding, yeah. ding, 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 yeah. ding, 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 yeah. ding, 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 ding. Uh, we'll see. I'm, I'm not sold on I've been there, team. and uh, after a late night of drinking, let me tell you, You've been to Starkville? Yeah, being in a stadium with 74,000 cowbells at uh, 11 in the morning for an early start after an all-nighter wasn't... Uh, <laughs> it's not good for a hangover, in other oh, words. Oh, no. And, you know, it's a dry county. They don't serve alcohol. The SEC, there's no booze at SEC stadiums, number one. It's a, it's a conference rule. There used to be, but it got out of hand. How long ago was that, though, that you were in Starkville? I was there, I don't know, it was about probably about 12 years ago. Ironically enough, and I didn't know this, it was Eric Mold's day. And I'm a Bills fan, yeah, so by chance, yeah. Yeah, I saw LSU, LSU and uh, LSU and Mississippi State. Less miles at that. I did, yeah, yeah, less miles and 
Justin Vincent was the It wasn't there. Jamarcus Russell. I'll look up the quarterback tree. It was... Um, Booty? Could have been Booty. No, 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 no. It was a brother. Uh, Matty Mock? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll figure it out in a little bit. We'll talk I about... I took Mississippi State. LSU... Did they cover? LSU won, but we covered. Did you? I had a great time, too. I got smashed at like a... Uh, like a student uh, student bar after good times, good times. All right, let's talk about good some memories. 12 o'clock bets. I have two. I have NC State against Virginia. I think they bounce back here. Uh, again, I've been all wrong on Virginia. Was right at them on the start of the year, but now last week I, they disappointed me. They got the win over Louisville. I picked the Cardinals as a six-and-a-half-point underdog in that matchup. Did not get the win. Now they go on the road to face Ryan Finley. The line opened up at eight. It's down to five-and-a-half, six. I like NC State. They impressed me with a road win over Marshall. think they have the better defense in this matchup. And I'm taking a huge underdog at 12 o'clock. I love Arkansas over Texas A&M. couple of factors. Texas A&M has won the last five games over the Razorbacks by 10.5 points per game. Picked up this victory last year by seven points, 50-43. to 43. But I look at Texas A&M, back-to-back games over three weeks now. Clemson, Alabama, they played well last week, got the cover. But again, are they beat up? This is a rivalry game. Arkansas catching a huge number of 20 and a half. I think they're in this, start, in this game from start to finish, Rich. Uh, I, I could see Arkansas covering rivalry game. Yeah. Uh, they've been close lately. I mean, Arkansas is awful, as yeah, we know, this year. They but are. Texas A&M, you know, a bit of a letdown maybe yeah. after the Alabama game. They've played some emotional games. Clemson, Alabama. Uh, Jimbo's doing a good job yeah. there. But I could see that covering. Uh, Virginia, NC State, bit of a toss-up game. Uh, I, I like NC State. I like Ryan Finley yeah. in the underrated quarterback matchup. Bryce Perkins versus Ryan Finley. Virginia, by the way, four zero against the spread yeah. this year. So I'm leaning with the dog here at yeah. Mendehall's crew. Broncos done a good job. I mean, yeah. he, he's a classic case. You know, a lot of people overreacting to coaches off the slow starts, whether it's Chip Kelly or Willie Taggart. Bronco Mendehall was two and ten in his first season, good and point. he's gradually turning things around. Sometimes you have to be patient. They were three hundred to one to win the ACC at the start of the year. Crazy. They were dead to one. To win, I mean, I mean, they're UVA. playing well. UVA, UVA was so. I mean, well, and you know what? To, to your with pick UVA about plus the points, yeah, yeah. Jordan, Ma- Jordan Mack, key linebacker, out for Virginia, so right. that helps out. Uh, uh, Not going to be easy State, though. I mean, Virginia's I don't think a team. Yeah, I don't think it'll be easy, but I, NC State's got the better quarterback. Finley to me has been terrific. I yeah. think he's going to make a very good NFL quarterback. My best bets, real quick, because yeah, we haven't talked agree. about them. Smaller type of games. I like Temple getting I points like from too. BC. I, it's too many points. I've watched that Temple defense. Now Temple was awful in the first couple of games, but that defense gradually. Quincy Roche up front. Uh, you know, uh, Archibong up front, uh, Rocky Asin, the cornerback. These are names that you don't hear about now, but you'll hear about them in the combine in a couple of years. That defense is getting much better, and BC got exposed last week against Purdue, 30-7, to didn't just lose, they were awful. So close to two touchdowns. I saw two touchdowns at the beginning of the week, but that's a lot of points for Temple. I think some money is maybe going on uh, yeah. Temple lately, but... But they're playing better under Russo. Now, who gets the start? Well, I mean, Newtile is healthy, and I think that helps, too. I, I'd rather have Newtile because he's the veteran uh, over Russo, but Newtile apparently is getting close to 100%. Hopefully he plays. Closing yep. at 13 points as, right. as kickoff. I, still, I would Temple. take the points. Temple What's defense is really. I mean, physicality-wise, they can yeah. go toe-to-toe with BC. I mean, that's the that's the matchup. You yeah. want to get into a low slugfest, fight it in a phone booth if you're the Owls. Anthony and, Brown, and the BC quarterback. Plus 375 with the Owls. That's not a bad dog. Plus, plus 
plus 375. My early pick, I'm going to stick oh, to my one guns. More, right? One more, right? Oh, you you know, one more. Real quick, because I love it. I love it. I you love, really love this Kansas. Game? I love oh, yeah. Kansas Ooh. in this game. I really do. Now, listen, Oklahoma State, three key starters out. Dylan Stoner won't play. Calvin Bundage, best defensive player at linebacker, won't play. Darian Daniels in the middle of that line won't play. Kansas, the one thing we've learned is they're a better team, obviously, than they've been in recent years. Didn't play that poorly in losing on the road in Waco to Baylor last week, 26-7. to Last time they were home, 55-14 to over Rutgers. And Oklahoma State, obviously the more talented team, but they have to have a little bit of a, re- a residual effect after getting pounded by Texas Tech. So Puka Williams and Kansas – I, 18 and a half points. Stones. Too, too many. Cojones. I, I, I Some think, other words I'm looking yeah, I mean, for. I could see it. I mean, it wouldn't I think it's a closer game. It's a lot of points. 58-17, 44-20, and 58-10 last three Kansas times they played them. It, it, it's like Syracuse-Clemson. I think this I know, is a, sli- it's a slightly different Kansas team I in my t- opinion. I mean, I, I understand the pick. I just couldn't. I can't pull the trigger with Kansas in this matchup. All right, so I'm going to go. I'm going to Here we go. I'm walking right into the trap, considering the last time the Cuse uh, went up there to Death Valley, they got the orange got squeezed into orange juice. They got squeezed. Um, they lost 54 nothing. But this is a different Clemson football team. They're not going to roll over. They're not going to quit. And it doesn't take much. I Listen, with the quarterback change with Lawrence coming in here, I am expecting Clemson to put up 45, 48 points. But we're getting 25 and a half points, guys. Um, can Clem, can can Syracuse give me 24 points? Yeah, I think they can. And truth be told, I wouldn't be shocked if Syracuse hang around a little bit in this game and only lose by 14 or 17 points. I don't think they're going to win the game outright. It's a revenge spot. So the kids on Clemson are going to – the Cuse will have their attention after losing uh, last year uh, to them. Uh, but I think the game's going to be a track meet. Clemson are going to score. With Lawrence now, they can really stretch the field and throw the ball down the field. As I stated, I really do expect Clemson to get 48 points or so, 45, 48 points. Won't take much uh, for from Syracuse. And the number's actually coming down a little bit right now. Some 63 and a halfs uh, popping up on the board. So, um, yeah, I'm about back up to 64 and a half. But we're going to take Syracuse plus the points, and we're going to go the over in this game. And uh, quick bonus pick. So we'll go, uh, we're going to take Texas Tech plus the points, any over in that game as well. We'll let some early picks. One twelve o'clock that I just want to, just quick rapid fire. Buffalo Indian, Army. Buffalo Army. Didn't get to that one either. I, I would t- I w- I'm I thinking would, Buffalo. I know people are talking uh, Army, I Army, t- Army. I would take Buffalo just because of the emotional letdown after the game against uh, Oklahoma. Oklahoma and Norman. I don't think those kids, though, they're a little different. It reminds, it reminds me of the BYU they're catching kids. seven and a half. Sometimes those academies, they don't really have letdowns. Nah. Those are mature kids. They bounce back. They're ready to go to war. They don't think about letdowns. Yeah, we talked about the Mormons being tough and BYU. This is another level. Exactly. They're catching seven and a half. How about Indiana Rutgers? I would close my eyes and take Rutgers. Would you take Rutgers? I would take Indiana. I just can't. I can't. They lost 41 nothing last year. Who? Rutgers did. Yeah, I don't base too much on the prior year. Everything changes year to year. Indiana's a pretty good football team, a little better than I thought this season. Last week, the Michigan Michigan State. State. Yeah, I I think Indiana. I think Tom Allen's doing a good job in Indiana. I can't buy anything Rutgers these days. I mean, they're just a rapidly sinking ship. I think it's what, about 16? It's more than 14 and a half. Yeah, 14 and a half. I'm not laying it with the road on the road here. Yeah, for, me, for, for me, it's not pass, a it's not a priority game, but if I had to, I would take Indiana. That's the definition of our good friend and colleague, uh, Joe, Mark Lawrence, the ugly dog. <laughs> How about this over? Central Michigan, Michigan State, they're 28 and a half point underdogs. Total is 47 and a half. Would you... I, 
I, I like Michigan State yeah, here. If a I team is favored by that much and the total's not low, you got to believe Michigan State. Michigan State better they be able put to kill up these a 50 guys. This is spot. the worst Chippewa they, team in recent memory. They could memory. put up a 50 spot on them, get the, get the cover themselves in, ter- in terms of uh, 50 to 3. LJ Scott not up. healthy. I'm not sure it matters. Uh, Would he, you take Michigan not- State? Yeah, if I had to, yeah, I, 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 I don't like I don't like putting money on bad teams. No, but I'm just saying, you know? just pick the game. I mean, it's not a best bet, but if you had to pick a side. Uh, that you, guy would take Michigan State. You would take Michigan State. <laughs> if I had to, I'd lay the points as I well. I would take but the I, total, I though. I mean, the total's low. There's too I mean, many games. We're not all as rich as you, Joe. I can't bet no, every but game. I, I mean, we got to go. I mean, what do you, I mean there's three <laughs> other games. You still touch on them. We're not going to agree. No, I know. I know. There, you know. One more game that I'm just looking at: Georgia Tech, Bowling Green. I would take Georgia Tech in that. Well, just yeah, a quick, quick number on that. I mean, Bowling Green's got arguably the worst run defense in the country. 333 rushing yards. Bowling Green run defense is is a complete sieve. Now you go up against a Georgia Tech team that's desperate. Paul Johnson got the dreaded vote of confidence this week. He needs to pound somebody just to gain a little bit of momentum. So I could see Georgia Tech covering that four touchdowns. I can't believe he's still. I mean, if he goes five and seven this year, I think it's time to move on. When I think Georgia, I think they Georgia I think, keeps winning. I'm just uh, yeah, saying. I, I, listen, I never was a huge Paul Johnson fan. He, he has his moments when you least expect it. He wins nine games and then he saves his job. That that's that's the Paul Johnson philosophy. You got to go in a different direction. You're not you're not recruiting the right kinds of kids. And Georgia in South Carolina, North Carolina, that region of the country is loaded with talent. Yeah, Kentucky's up and coming yeah. in the Southeastern Conference. You like any totals at uh, twelve o'clock outside the ones that we mentioned? No, just just the two. And I'm looking here. Any any other late games? People asking about. Uh, we got Army late Temple. Games? No, the late uh, late last second here before before the twelve o'clock uh, kickoff. Uh, no, we got uh, we got pretty much caught up to date on everything. Uh, we, people want to talk about the Mississippi State game, in which in which we did, but no, you know the game. This board is sort of spread out. The main events are really tonight in prime time. Let's be real with Ohio State, Penn State, and of course Notre Dame and Stanford. Tonight's the big night. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing with Oklahoma State, Kansas. Rich likes Kansas. I, I would take the shot with the over here. I mean, you got to think that. What's the number, Joe? Sixty and a half. 60 and a half, I mean, you got to figure Oak State can at least score 30. I mean, if, if, I'm let's not, say Kansas is in the game defensively, they're going to – I just – Well, you know, you bring up defense, which is a good point, too, and I wanted to touch on that, too. Kansas's defense has been better, better than expected this year, at least an improvement, you know, from what, we, what we're accustomed to. So Kansas defensively, led by Joe Deneen, their linebacker, has done a pretty good job. I'm not trying to be uh, hyperbolic here, no. uh, but, but I – I think Kansas could pull the upset in this game. Well, I really do. They're, they're a team that can believe that they can play now. They won back-to-back games for the first time since yeah. how long? It's got to be over over 15. Well, and, I, and I wonder Gino about Oklahoma there, State. Right? That shocked me. I, I did not see that no. coming. The I thought Oklahoma State got blown out in Central matchup. Michigan. It was 46 games in a row against FBS opponents. No, I'm talking Oklahoma State last week. That outcome yeah. against Oklahoma I State know. really shocked me because yeah. it was – not only did they at lose home, they at lost. home, but it was forty-one to seventeen. Yeah, they did got blown not out. Expect to see they, that. And, and Jalen McCleskey transferred. There's oh, good a point. Of, forgot a forgot a about Kansas. I would take yeah. Kansas plus the points in this spot. I, I, I can't. I'm not talking you in because I'm, I'm going to feel bad if no, I no, talk no, you I, into I, it. I can see Kansas with the points covering. I like the over out of both of those. I would take the over in that matchup. I think if you're going to get Oklahoma State to bounce back, they jump up on Kansas. But Kansas could be confident heading into this matchup. So we'll see. Want to talk about the Hawaii game later? Yeah. On well, the other We'll side. pick we got, that up on the back one. How about Hawaii? Four and one already. Yeah, they're playing San Jose State. They're 10-point favorites against the Spartans. They're on the road in that matchup. Keep it where it is. We got an hour left. 12 o'clock kicks are just starting. Joe Lisi, Rich Sermonello, and Gabe Morenci live from Studio 34.